0: Everybody, welcome to Insufferable Bastards. My name is Carlos Danger, and I'm joined as always by my co host, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello. So, a couple of weeks ago, Brian, I don't remember exactly where it was. Maybe it was in a podcast, maybe it was in a Facebook message group. You know, me, Brian, and Mondo Creepies, Matt Mesto, and Music Movies and More's, Mike Lane, exchange messages a lot. And you had said, I have nostalgia for like new product, new movies, new stories, new screenplays, uh, that type of thing. And at first I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. Uh, But then you recommended me seeing Old Henry. And that's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Insufferable Bastards, a movie called Old Henry henry and then i got it i watched the movie i'm like oh yeah yeah we were just talking right before right before we went on about about how like everyone's trying to remake friday the 13th and come up with yes. new tales for michael myers and halloween nine halloween kills marvel Hall- movie marvel
1: marvel movie yeah you know the star wars franchises we're just inundated with uh the term intellectual property which I i hate it I, I mean, love it was a big, you know, when we were growing up, oh, a Stephen King movie would come out every year, every two years, a miniseries. But it was not every week. Um, it I just was want also to know. Like-
0: Let me just interrupt real quick. I want to note okay. that It was one minute and 40 seconds into uh, into the broadcast where we laid down our first Marvel insult. That's probably the quickest we've ever done because we cannot make it through a podcast without bemoaning the state of movies. Thanks to Marvel.
1: But it's also this, I would watch a superhero movie if they weren't every week. I don't mind a superhero movie. Yeah. I I mean, we all, we, we love the Joker. And if you want to say that's a superhero movie, well, that's the superhero movie I want. Right. You you know, like, but I just don't want them every week.
0: And you know, the Joker is similar in some ways to old Henry in that it, the whole thing is based around one central
1: performance.
0: Yes, and I should look up who the hell is in Old Henry. I gotta
1: turn. Well, Tim Blake through. Nelson. Am I saying it right? Tim Blake Nelson. That's right. That's exactly well, right. He's plays in a ton. Seen in a ton of uh, uh, Cohen Brothers movies. Uh, kind of a quirky looking, not your leading man looking guy. He was in a Marvel movie, I think, and he was in a Scooby Doo movie too.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and he's known for playing the 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 local yokel. He's always like, hoo, hoo, hoo. you know that yes. that's his whole his whole deal. Very different. Uh, in this movie, Steven
1: Steve Dwarf, am I saying it from uh, Blade? Uh, a bunch of eighties movies, uh, uh, Judgment Night, and then of course uh, True Detective, uh, third se- uh, third season, I believe.
0: Yeah, he's had a real resurgence. That dude. He- he's also great in this movie, right? Yeah, so
1: it's and and, and Trace Atkins, I want to say he was a country music star that I have no idea who he is. I only know he was yeah. on he was on The Apprentice one year. Yeah, that's okay, all I know. Okay.
0: He's great in it, too, because I guess that guy has a whole uh, second career in these, like, B-Westerns, but usually he's kind of, he's not the greatest actor, but he's, like, pitch perfect uh, in this, but yeah, just to run down quickly again, it stars Tim Blake Nelson as Henry, right, he's the the title character of old Henry, Uh, and then this kid Gavin Lewis plays Henry's son, right, because it's a small, the story is very simple, very confined, and, and a small cast, Yeah, and then you got Trace Atkins as Uncle Al. He's related to Tim Blake Nelson's, old Henry's uh, deceased wife. It's her brother. And then, yeah, Stephen Dorff and his gang, right? And the movie is basically, I mean, it's a Western, right? And uh, it's about, uh, you know, the father and the son, old Henry and his son, uh, Wyatt, live alone. And they come across a uh, bag of money, essentially, and a guy who's dying. And there's a great scene where henry says no he's just like no this cannot lead i don't want to help this guy i don't want to be involved with this money they're in the middle of nowhere uh this can't be good and but instead he takes the guy in he takes the guy's uh, bag of money in and he tries to to help the dude and of course the the, the money that, that this uh the the owner the outlaws come to get it back and that's the that's
1: the tale yes Yes, there's some deceiving there, too. There's a little, yeah, but that's basically the, the plot line. You know, also the son wants to get away, you know, wants to grow up, too. So there is that little bee story where the son wants to become his own man, uh, old Henry's son. You know, so there's some of that. And I guess, you know, there is a little bit who's telling the truth, too. There's a lot of uh, uh, no one is who they appear to be. Right, yeah, you can trust no one, but
0: yeah, it's great. I mean, Tim Blake Nelson. I mean, he's not going to get nominated for an Academy Award or anything no. like this. I think this movie's it's out there. I don't, It's got good reviews. I guess it's got like a ninety-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes for what that's worth. But it only made like forty-two grand, and it's. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's essentially. I don't a, think
1: anyone's going to look at it because it's a western and it doesn't have a flashy person. This is not your Tombstone Western either. Well, this yes. is not like yeah. a, a modern day. Like, maybe you could say it's a little bit like Unforgiven, but a very small, like, you know, a very small part of that. And also, it's it's not, I mean, it's beautifully shot, and it does look like a Western. Like, they're in the middle, like, they look like they're in the middle of nowhere and in that era, in that time period. But it it, you know there's no flashy this horse
0: chases. There's there's no, no adventure. It's not an epic, you know, it's no. not the searchers or, or like even the wild bunch where they're you know they like go rob a train. It's all confined.
1: This is not even the living dead in a sense that it all takes place kind of in one location.
0: There's not even a town. You know, every Western, uh, no. I was watching like Rio Lobo or Rio Bravo, or whatever, one of those with uh, uh, John Wayne, James Caan and Gregory, not Gregory, Robert Mitchum. And that Robert even, t- Mitchell, you know, that's, yeah. it's on a set, you know, that all they would, but this doesn't even have that. It's got, you yeah, know, it doesn't have that. It has like a little action sequence in like tall grass, you know, which was, I've never seen that before. Cause it, it, it's a little bit of a unique setting. we become like visually, there's like a cliche with Westerns, you know, the big expanse open space. And this really, but, and it all plays into the character of old Henry because it's, yes. I mean, and I don't want to give away anything here. I think people should just watch the movie. But, you know, he's got a past and there's a reason he lives in this out of the way place with no one around him, you know, and and there's a reason why he uh, knew where he says, no, he doesn't want to get involved in this. And yet he knows exactly how to handle himself. There's all these little hints, I mean, right on the nose being like, okay, this guy isn't just, you know, a dirt farmer in Oklahoma. He has some kind of past, which he's trying to avoid his son from falling into, you know, that's the, you know, he
1: doesn't want his son to become who he was or who he is, or maybe what he's been through. He wants, he wants his son to do better than he did. It's just that, it's that typical all American story. I want you to succeed, but you know, he's not necessarily telling you exactly like learn from my mistakes. He's, you know, we know there's a, a backstory that we will, Discover like you know that going in. I mean, there's nothing I'm not gonna say this movie's groundbreaking, it's just a beautiful character study. It's just good, and it's, it's all it's, it's uh, you know, you could put on a ton of movies right now, like, and and you know, they'll entertain you maybe, but this one makes just you know, like, you got to sit down, you got to pay attention and watch it. It was like it's exactly the movie that I kind of want to see, and I wish a movie like this would do bigger. I understand why it's not gonna, but if you want to ask why, like these, this is the movie I want to see. This is the movie like we sought out or maybe maybe just when we were getting really, I mean, we've always been into movies, but like there was that 90s boom, even when they were bad Tarantino ripoffs, they were like, people were doing a little different. This movie is is just different than what's happening right now.
0: Yeah, and it's all based around this one performance by Tim Blake Nelson. He is just, and I guess he, you know, he did extensive research, and go look at the Wikipedia page. I guess it's kind of methody. I don't know. I don't know if he stayed in character and all that crap, but it's a really nuanced, uh, great performance.
1: Definitely the best of his career, and you know, there's some really good tight act. There's some really good set pieces in this, and also. It is also has some great gunplay in the sense it's probably one of the more realistic Western movies that you'll see. Yeah,
0: it it makes it seem like, yeah, getting shot hurts. Yes, and it also
1: makes it like the good guy and the, you know, it's not like the bad guy goes, you know, can shoot around corners, you know, and the bad guy always misses. like. There's that a lot of people miss in this movie. There a lot, you know, maybe a gun doesn't kill you when it first shoots you either. Like it's just, it's really well done in that aspect that that brings up the tension or the, you know, the 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 conflict of the movie, the the, the gunplay. It, it makes it unpredictable too, because you don't you really yeah. don't know what's
0: going to happen yet. Yeah, they're they're shooting people, miss and all that, you know. Uh, but yeah, and it's also great how. I mean, again, it's Tim Blake Nelson pulls this off. I don't know. I can't see anybody else in this role because, like you said, a lot of this is familiar, and a lot of the uh, uh, bad takes on the movie or some of the critics that it got ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But there are some people saying, "Well, it does feel familiar. We've seen parts of this story before." But I'm, you know, Tim Blake Nelson just he he he's lifts the thing up a couple of notches because he's so good in this movie. It really is like the performance uh, of the year. I have a quick like five or four second clip. It gives you a little taste of what the dude's like.
1: Listen to me. What's going to happen will happen quick.
0: That's it. That's all you need. What's going to happen is going to happen quick. He says to his, uh, his son, oh, one thing, like don't watch previews for this. Cause they pretty much give away the entire movie yeah. uh, in the previews. But I liked how, you know, I watched the movie and then you go back and the way Steven Dorf is a bad guy and he's essentially a psycho, right? He is a, uh, you know, kind of an evil dude. And the way, because I found myself, well, why don't they just like rush the bum rush this guy and see what happens? Why do they keep dragging it out? But Steven Dorf, the way he's like, uh, I've never seen a farmer hold a gun like that. I've never seen a farmer sort of react without that fear, like he's almost psycho. So that he's because you know Steven Dorf is a gunslinger, right? He's yes. an outlaw, and he kind of recognizes. That this guy, they, they can't just bum rush him because there's something about this guy. So he's, you know, he's smart about it. He's like, let's go back. He sends one of his guys, and it just builds the tension throughout the movie that builds to the final uh, confrontation. But I thought because that-
1: it's like uh, Tim Blake Nelson's character, Ole Henry, knows he like knows what to say to this guy to get him to. Like, oh, you know, he says all the right things, which, again, doesn't make any sense, you know, but he won't also give up his ground. So there is conflict, but not conflict in the beginning. It's right. very measured. Everything is really measured. Right. Yeah.
0: And, and it's a Western. I mean, it's, an, you know, I've heard it described as slow burn, but that's like some of the best Westerns. Right. That's the whole Western. Yeah, well, that is
1: a Western. Yeah.
0: And it's like it reminded me of because I, I think about a lot movies that we've really liked. And then we've had like guests on or talked to, to other people about these movies. And they're like, Oh, that, that, that's crap. Arkansas is one of them. Cause yeah. we have a big disagreement a running a disagreement with Johnny Amenta over that. And I'm not, I'm not bad mouth Johnny Amenta, but it makes me think like, well, what are, am I, what's, what's with us that we like this. And I think it's, here's what my thing, like if you listen to like Bob Dylan, right? Like when you first hear Bob Dylan, I don't, or at least when I first heard Bob Dylan, it's, it's kind of repulsive. You know, like when you're maybe when you're younger or whatever, and like he 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 he's not a good singer. Uh, there's the cheesy uh, uh, you know harmonica stuff that's kind of grating on the ears. Uh, but then you listen to like some of his long story songs. Like there's one song called the uh, the Lonesome Death of Haiti Carroll, and it goes on for like 20 minutes. But after a while, you listen to it a few times, and you start to hear the story he's telling and what he's talking about there, and you're like, oh wait a second, this is actually. It starts to like grow in you, the meaning of the song and all that crap. And that's like this movie. And, and, and you know you have to know, if you're concerned with plot and the story hitting certain beats and the action propelling forward, you got to throw all that out when you watch a movie like Old Henry or like Arkansas. I mean, I just put that on the other day. When John Malkovich shows up in Arkansas, uh, it's great. And Vince Vaughn is, is great in that. But if you can, you know, this Old Henry is like a Dylan song. You know, it it, it might be an acquired taste. I don't know. But you have to like character-driven performances, just like Pig with uh, Nicolas Cage, which because he's Nicolas Cage, people are willing to give that more of a chance than perhaps with Tim Blake Nelson, who's just known for playing the yokel, you know, the hulk guy and everything. But I don't know. I've just been thinking about that a lot.
1: I mean, that makes sense, especially because it's like, you know, especially if you're going to use Bob Dylan, you know, you're so used to hearing you know, what the radio plays. Yeah. And you almost got to find that deep, deep dive disc that, that, you know, the deep track. And again, I, I might agree with you on that. I'm always liking more of a deep track, even I'm a, I like my Neil Young, but that, that type of thing, you know what I mean? Like the, right. it's, the, not, it's, not the like, path. it's not, it's not like,
0: it's not hard of gold, Neil Young. It's, it's Cortez, the killer, Neil Young, you know, yeah, it's, it's that yeah. type of thing. And that's what this movie is. It's like the Cortez, the killer of, of Westerns. I mean, one other
1: thing like going also, on it doesn't try to be anything other than the movie that it is. And I think that's what I like. Like, you know what? There probably won't be a sequel of this. Yeah, no. And that's also appealing that the movie end and the story ended. And I guess right now in this day and age, we don't get the, that.
0: That's something different. Yeah. Just it's not trying to start out to be a franchise or anything like that. And clearly it's got to be something like Tim Blake Nelson got the script yeah just was you could i mean god he is just so good in it you could tell he uh, just wanted to get it made because i guess it t- took a while to get made i guess we should mention that it's written and directed by somebody named patsy i didn't bring my glasses sorry <laughs> i don't know how to say his last name yeah he's got a very yeah, i'm not even
1: attempting it
0: pa- ponsaroli <laughs> Ponzarelli.
1: Yeah.
0: Arthur Fonzarelli wrote this movie. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I so that guy Potsy's awesome. I mean, I don't know what else he's done. I guess this is one of his first. Uh, uh, I guess he's produced a couple of movies there, but this is his first uh, directing, and and he's it's good. The movie looks great. Yeah, it's very good. It's a sort of unusual uh, setting for a western, and you know. It just makes me hate. Uh, what's the movie that everyone loves? Val Kilmer's great in it, but it's just a mess. Oh, Tombstone. We yeah. said we just Jesus. said it. Yeah, this I don't. Is... I don't get why. I, I don't understand why. No,
1: was, this is this is a modern day western. This is what they made. Like when people think of westerns, like like our parents' generation of westerns, this movie's closer to them. this is what it was like to grow, go grow up in the west. You know what I mean? Like mm. this, like Tombstone is you know. It's a Hollywood. It's, it's it's Batman and Robin of westerns. Yeah, exactly. It's a comic book. And,
0: and I mean, it's a children's I'm not comic book. Those books.
1: performances, you know what I mean? But it is that is straight up not a true. You know. Yeah, I don't, so even, I don't even sensationalized. That is so Hollywood. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, Val a, Kilmer is awesome in it, but I mean, still not a good movie. And that's only because Val Kilmer, so you know, he's such yeah, a wacko and a such wacko. a great actor. He elevated that movie. He shouldn't be in that movie because the rest of the movie is just a. It's just really a disaster.
1: Uh, I love and Kurt I guess the, Russell, and that is a, a standard Kurt Russell movie in the eighties, nineties, where he you was know what yeah, I mean? like he just he was, played that character all the way
0: through. He was wavering a little bit there. Yeah, he just kind of So It's almost a Burt Reynolds like where Burt Reynolds would just play yeah. his persona. Uh, you know, I was watching yesterday was Thanksgiving, and I was thinking about this a lot. What are some movies that just have great performances where they? You know, the performances are better than, than, than the actual movie, which I guess you could maybe argue uh, old Henry. Tim Blake Nelson is so... Well, Stephen Dorff's really good in this, too. Yeah. But anyway, I was thinking like Sharky's Machine with Burt Reynolds. That's a good movie, yeah, and it shouldn't you know, be. It's a weird movie. That whole death scene where what's-his-name uh, Williams, his partner, is shot by Henry Silva, who screams at him for no reason because he's all coked up. It's, like, legitimately terrifying. It's so bizarre, and this is a big-budget movie biggest star at the time makes this weird existential uh sharky's machine uh where you know the guy's shot a million times right i think is it bernie not bernie williams i don't is that his name i don't know i'm sorry i can't remember the actor's oh, name
1: he died oh, hey, a couple hey, of it years might ago. be it might be i mean but then again yeah i don't know
0: i don't know but anyway there's oh, the scene where he's he's like burt reynolds comes up to him and and burt reynolds goes oh, are you okay hey partner are you okay and the guy goes it's so bizarre 1981 he goes no you asshole <laughs> you know he's have <laughs> been shot multiple times i don't know it's so good there was that uh and then prince of the city you know old henry got me on a oh, whole wow. thing i was thinking treat williams and prince of the city you know, who's never really, he was supposed to be the next Paul Newman after Prince of the City, that Sidney Lumet movie about corruption. And uh, I love and, that movie. Yeah, it's really a good movie. It's, it's sort of a lost classic. You don't hear anything about it anymore.
1: I picked that up. That was uh, one when I started working regularly in the union. That was a movie I picked up on because it it's like a two-disc uh, Blu-ray. It was really good.
0: Right, and that was like one of those famous VHS movies where it was the double disc yes. man you're getting the double disc that and the good the bad and the ugly it's the good the bad and the ugly of Sidney Lumet corrupt cop you know the system is evil movies but yeah I, I yeah highly recommend old Henry thanks for recommending it you know to me uh, I'm, I'm glad I watched it because Tim Blake I Nelson's it that to good. our
1: group but I knew you were the only one that's I would, gonna watch I would you know. seek it
0: out and watch it yeah so, I mean, don't watch it if you don't like, like, you know, if you can't just sit through a movie that, that, that's anchored at one performance. The one negative, I thought, you brought it up at the very beginning. I didn't really, the, the, the character, the, the Wyatt, I, I kind of had problems with his character because yeah. he seemed to be, yeah. maybe I've just been. Well, he's just not as good of an actor as, I just think well, he was a young actor. Which I could have. He doesn't hold his own, but also like the things he's saying about, maybe I've been reared and brainwashed by watching Hollywood Westerns my entire life, but like, would you really talk to your father that way in 1901? You know, your dad's this, you don't know what kind of, he was a gunslinger, but he just seemed to have really modern, he was real whiny, which, which. Kind of, I, I that was bizarre. But there's not
1: much. He of that. was Kylo Ren from the new Star Wars. Yeah, he had he was little yeah. Kylo Ren. He was. Why does why
0: do all young people have to be whiny and, and, and complain? I really wanted, his father it, just smacked I, him back in the
1: day? When when I watched it, I really wanted. I didn't like him, and I okay. was like, ah, well, I mean, I can't. Because there's a couple little things in that. Like it does. There's a moment that where it drags a little bit for a second. It could just because it and then. The way the movie, and like, again, there's no big, huge chase. There's no big, huge, let's meet out, have the big... There is a showdown, but it's not, you know, in the town square. It it's, is not not pal it's
0: not a pale rider. It's not a whatever, Outlaw Josie and, Wales. And, or what's the one with Robert Duvall and Kevin? It's not open range. Doesn't It doesn't have, it doesn't have that not, type exactly.
1: of... Exactly. And, and also, like, the kid just seemed like... You can't... Like, Tim Blake Nelson's character was definitely fleshed out. The other ones are more fleshed out. I'm also thinking the kid literally had his dialogue was everything from every cliche Western. His character was the most cliche, like, God damn, dad, I just want to get out of and find the big city. You know, he wanted to, let me shoot a gun, dad. He seemed way more modern.
0: Like to me, he felt like, like I was, I was looking to see if he had like a latte in his, in his hand or something like that. They would catch. I looked him up.
1: I wanted to see like, if he was British too. Like I, I, I don't, I didn't, you know, I forgot what I, because I, di- I watched it a while ago, but I did a little bit of a dive just to see. And then I was like, all right, I got to stop picking on him because he's probably just a newer actor. And to be up against a guy that can just take that little bit of a character. Because, yeah. man, you you know who Tim Blake Nelson is just by the mustache he grew. Right. You know what I mean? And it's right. not His, like, yeah, the looks on. he gives you. All right, he doesn't, it's he not one of those dirty. movies. His pants look dirty. You know, it's- he looked like he smelled. And it's
0: not uh, a tombstone where Kurt Russell tells you everything you need to know about the plot and everything about his character and everything about the other character where they speak everything. Like this is all conveyed through his like one eye that's kind of shut. And just that one clip where he just, you know, he just looks, stuff's going to go down, people are going to die, just be ready. Like he's very, you know, minimal dialogue. So I thought that, and yeah, there's such, it's a good script. I mean, the whole thing where he's trying to feel, he brings home the wounded guy, He doesn't know if this wounded he can trust this wounded guy. He doesn't know, you know, nobody trusts anybody in this movie except the father and son. And so they have this, they're questioning each other, and Tim Blake Nelson is very subtle, trying to trip him up, testing the the guy's memory to decide whether or not he could trust him. And it's just, like, so manly and Old West manly, you know, where he decides, okay, this guy's a man of his word.
1: There's a scene, like, you know, they deal with, like, He's trying to find a guy and he goes around his house and maybe even under the house, which I found like, all right, there's tension. This is your chasing. It reminded me of the scene from uh, the other one we did with uh pint, uh, way the, with gun. the gun, the way that car chase scene happened when they all get out. Like, the cliche scenes, like even the standoff scenes, they do something a little different. That it's like, wow, that is probably exactly what the guy would have done. That's
0: exactly what I thought in the scene early on, where Tim Blake Nelson encounters the outlaw gang, who are posing as police officers or, or you know, sheriffs. But there's no spoiler alert there. Uh, where he basically—it's a little set piece in tall grass or or or, or, yeah. or wheat or whatever the hell that yeah. is, you know—and I was, I, and it reminded me away of of the gun because it's like, wow, they've just pulled off a little action piece, and it's just a guy rolling around literally on the ground. Yeah. It was cool, yeah. So yeah, definitely go rent Old Henry. So I guess the other thing we—that's our twenty-four minute talk on uh, Old Henry. But you have massive news. I mean, if we were a real podcast, we would end right now and then do this as a separate episode. But then at the same time, it's like, you, you know, it's not like an official uh, press release in the movie you worked on. But you worked on a big movie. Like I was just upstairs uh, on my Xbox going through uh, new releases. And there, you know, right up with the, with the brand new releases in the first row is uh, uh, Bruce Campbell in Black Friday, of which you were a crew member. So, yes. and I, I, you've watched it. I mean, so, well, who uh, would you work for on that movie?
1: Well, I, again, I was a makeup artist. I worked in the shop, but all, all the prosthetics uh, or the, the look of the film is designed by Robert Kurtzman, Bob Kurtzman. He would be the K and K and B. Right. He would be, uh, you know, he gave Tarantino his first, you know, opportunity to write from Dust till Dawn. He's a legend. He's a legend, done tons of movies. He recently did, uh, you know, the the Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. I mean, his credits are, you know, out the Yazoo. He hired uh, the guy that I always work for, Josh, designs the deceive to build the prosthetics. So we worked in the shop, and then myself and Jared from down here, we went up to Massachusetts just well, who, outside Jared's of a co-worker,
0: another special worker. yeah.
1: And but we wait, you're, and hold we, on, hold on, God damn it. I mean,
0: I remember like the only reason I know K and B uh, and who this dude is because when we were growing up. Like you would read Fangoria magazines when you, yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you I wanted to be. How am going
1: to get to this? This movie? Is well, like you're in the lead. List. This movie's like the the biggest bucket list movie scratch off. I got to work with an effects artist that you know probably you know k and b was like my jam when growing up like i read everything and they were also kind of he was like you're a mickey dude, mantle yeah. like this was like yeah, There the, were the dudes that worked on evil dead 2 he was reggie jackson like he was like you know yeah, like, like the, this huge was the huge coolest thing in the world and then on top of it turns out bruce campbell's in the movie which you know i mean any fangoria reading kid you know, he's, you know, he's Mick, you know, he's one of, he's Mick Jagger. You know what I mean? He's right up there. He's David Bowie. He's, he's like a huge deal. Like, uh, he'd be, you know, Iggy pop John Cena kinda. in the yeah. WWE world. It's amazing that Bruce Campbell has
0: not just persevered all these years, but he's become mainstream. Like he's beloved. I,
1: well, I mean, as kids, we never nice. would have
0: thought that he was like a cult. He was our cult hero before the he internet. Well, we thought we were the thing. only guys who knew Bruce Campbell in Evil Dead 2.
1: I got like a, my cousin's wife, you know, mentioned, Whoa, Bruce Campbell, you know, like, so just that, like my cousin's wife, you know, knows who Bruce Campbell is. I mean, she's definitely more cutting edge, you know, than some, uh, you know, wives, but like just that, like, you know, yeah. I mean, the guy is an icon. I mean, he's Briscoe County jr. For Christ's sakes. The, uh, I forgot about so that like, one. so it was like kind of like the coolest deal considering that evil dead Two right there with the thing is why I do what I do. And I got to work. I got to talk to Bob and we just sat there. Cause I said, Hey dude, evil dead two is the greatest movie ever made. And he sat and just goes, "Yeah, hey, you know, you're probably right for 88 minutes or whatever. It just doesn't stop. It gives you everything you want. It just doesn't stop. And, you know, asking them stories, you know, like we got to, I got to geek out And also, Bob's a very nice guy. Like, I mean, I had a great time on the movie. Um, I was so fortunate to work in the shop and see this from, like, you know, be involved in the beginning to the end. It's getting good reviews, and it's a a comedy. I mean, it's it's fun. It's fun. Like, it's not going to change the world. But this is a movie that I would put on when I'm messing around. Like, it's more than, you know. Did you ever meet – did you ever
0: uh, meet – Kurtzman prior to this, like at a, at a Fango oh, show. Dude, I make? have
1: like stories. Yeah. I have like, I met him my very first horror convention. I told Bob this, like you'll never for- remember this, but I helped him carry his bag in in 1988 at a Fantacon show show in Albany, New York. Uh, they, they screened Dario Argento's uh, opera there. I sat like two rows down and he said, Hey, Hey, what's up? You know what I mean? Like, and then years later, I think he had been—he was interviewing for a company I worked for, Media Blasters. At the time, I made Flesh for the Beast and uh, Shadow Dead Raya with them. And I think he was toying with an idea of maybe directing a project for them. So we had met him there at a chiller show or a fango show, or it could have been one of those combination shows. And then years later, through Glass Eye Picks, he built a werewolf for late faces. Oh, I did wow. all the, uh, Pete and I did all the aging makeup. So I got to hang out with him. I got to know him then. That was Pete Gurner. You, know, we, you were talking yeah, about Pete. Yeah. Special makeup. And so guy. I I knew Bob prior to this gig, but I never, you know, like he was doing the werewolf on, on late phases, and we were doing Nick's makeup, but he was a huge fan of Nick's. He had seen the movies I had worked on. And like he was just he's just very down to earth, you know. I mean, I talked to him the other day, you know, we talked about what we're doing around the house. Like he's like, Oh, I gotta get this. I got to start staying in something because I'm trying to get this done. You know, we're both trying to get stuff he, done to the house. To, he's like in the Midwest somewhere, right? Isn't something like he's that in or... Ohio right now, but Ohio, he jumps yeah, yeah. around from job to job. I, he just was spent probably months, maybe six months in Atlanta shooting a bunch of shows. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to, again, to work with him on that with, uh, through Josh. Thanks. Thankfully to Josh hiring us. And, uh, so I got to do some more shop work for him, but you know, this little movie, which is a, the first project I did during COVID too. So we had to follow all these much stronger COVID uh, restrictions because it was literally a movie like, you know, right during, you know, maybe not right in the beginning of it, but even before like, oh, we can go back. Like this is the very first job we did and you had to jump through hoops to, to get on it, you know, like when, things, yeah, hotels. when the, the
0: businesses started up again,
1: Yeah, were you, where, yeah. where'd you so film this was it? Like, uh, in you know, a babies are us in uh Massachusetts, oh, that's so back, you know. And we literally, like, it was all one location, our shop was in there, or you know, like, we you know, everything was in this one location. I, you know, I'll be honest, I don't know, maybe it could have been your know, Attleboro, maybe that sounds familiar to me. I don't know, I also just went drove to Cape Cod for this other future gig maybe we'll plug but so i don't know Ma- massachusetts at all I don't but like either. you know yeah, It was boston away, and cape you know? cod and then there's well, you know you know there was stuff for people you will know, stab you dispensaries near where i was so i, I don't exactly know where
0: it was oh, I that's the only one thing yeah. Yeah, that's in your gps
1: <laughs> but like how long did the movie take
0: to shoot like we, we, and were you doing the Uh-oh. thing where you were driving back home and sleeping in your car well, all that we crazy weren't stuff, really
1: but... supposed to do that Okay. Um, uh, just because there was a little bit of a break. I probably did two weeks on the movie. Um, you know, our, our days actually, I think got like a couple of days got cut down to save budget, but you know, I think we were only contracted for like 16 to 18 days and we might have done 14 and it was just like a real quick in and out under, you know, probably less than four weeks to film. That's cool. And I it has mean, a pretty good cast. It has, uh, and I'm, I, I'm, I'll massacre names. So I'd rather say, uh, like I'm the girl, up. the girl from that uh, was, uh, she was in uh, Pan's Labyrinth. She was like a little girl in Pan's Labyrinth. Oh wow! And she was really nice. Uh, there's another guy from Super Eight, uh, Ryan, and then there's Devin Sawa from Idle Hands or Final Destination. I mean, I'm sure John Amenta loves him from Casper.
0: Um, The the, uh, Comics dig 32 minutes in.
1: (laughs) So, but it was, it's just one of those goofy. And what is say? Michael J. White, Jai White. Michael Jai White's also in it. uh, Of course. And Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell. Oh man. He was just, can I just say this? Like, he'd be like, Hey, you know, uh, me and Bob know each other. And, you know, we're like, oh, dude, do you realize, like, you don't have to tell us anything. We could probably, you know, like, it was just so cool. He talked about, like, when the other guys are getting in makeup. Because uh, actually one of the highlights is uh, Bob's son, Louie, plays a character that goes through the most makeup changes. And he did an excellent job. And, you know, he'd be like, hey, you know, I'm cleaning up after, you know, he would talk about the cleanup process and, and you know, I'll make sure these guys do this, you know. And he was just an all-around Nice guy. He also was a big, huge bike rider, bicycle rider. So we'd always tell any, you know, like I, I I will say this. I did not have my shining moment, uh, to profess my love to Bruce Campbell, but just to be in a room with them and not like, I didn't bug them. You know, we had small talk. It was nice. He would mention a few times about the movie. He would make fun of Bob you know, because they've known each other forever. It's they've known each other huh? from ever. Uh, a funny thing is, Bob's wife is uh, she was one of our supervisors and was a blood wrangler and helping out on did a ton of wore a ton of hats on set. You know, and she'd bring up pictures and show us like, "Hey, look at," Bob. she'd show Jared and I pictures. Oh, this is Bob, and we'd be like, "We know what movie this is from." Like we, you know, because again. The two guys that went from the shop, Jared and I, from Josh's shop, Jared and I, are the two horror guys, you know. Jared with his gore zone, you know, sweatshirt, myself with every horror t-shirt. We're the guys that, like, I mean, I have, you know, I can, the first issue of Fangoria I ever bought, Bob Kurtzman was in, you know, operating a puppet from uh, Evil Dead 2. And, and I'm not going to compare Black Friday to any one of, like, these landmark 80s movies, but this is what I would call, like, a rubber movie. Like, the monsters are, and the creatures, if you will, the the prosthetics in this, they're all, you know, a bit over the top. I don't want to say campy they've got that fun 80s vibe to you know like where you've you know you've seen it in Return of the Living Dead and do they talk he's, about that I'm, was the director like oh that's what I that's the vibe I'm know, going for I, right? I believe that the director you know who again you know Bob, that was all Bob's stuff I can't relate to like the director oh gotcha you know, I mean, gotcha I mean, you okay. know I don't know I just don't know but I do know he is a v- big fan of 80s practical effects movies. That was the that's vibe awesome. we were all going for. Like when we would be at Josh's, we'd be watching 80s movies, you know, dead heat. You know that's what I mean? Awesome. Like it's not, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say this'll win Oscars, but I do think if you watch it, you'd have a good time. Also and how cool is it though? Like I don't mean to interrupt you, but I mean
0: come on, you work with Kurtzman and Campbell and they weren't a-holes. Like, right? It's not your whole dude. everyone
1: says like you meet your heroes and they turn out to be uh, douchebags, but like, that clearly and, and maybe wasn't the case. That's yet. Why I will be honest, I didn't ask, you know, I didn't ask. Very rarely do I ask for, like, autographs or to sign something or a picture. I mean, sure, I wanted that deep down. I'm pretty sure I have a Bruce Campbell photo from a convention when I'm 14, you know. I didn't want to ask. I probably could have got, but it was nice enough. It's like, you know, there I was, that 14-year-old Fangoria kid. I, you know. And I and I am very much anti you know autograph. We've said this a million times about conventions. I'm I'm not an autograph guy, but I got to work on a movie with somebody that I would wait online for an autograph. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Bruce Campbell, yeah, you know, I freaking love Evil Dead too, you know. And, and when, I said it before. I mean you he's, know, he's-, he's
0: arguably I mean, it's like who who were the? I mean, if you go if you think about like the longest lines at a horror con, right? It's Bruce Campbell and John Carpenter, right? And if Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis and ever also did
1: he's one. a great storyteller. Like he's got good funny stories. Is he I is he Bruce Campbell?
0: Is he like animated like like Bruce Campbell is in all his roles or? He,
1: he definitely can do that. And like with Bob, he would do like funny voices. You know, he would do his like hey hey you know rah, rah, rah. like. There's a know, weird there's almost...
0: an old time vibe about Bruce Campbell that he's just seemed should... born with. He's
1: like, <laughs> like from vaudeville he... somehow. Yes, like he. Hey, doll. Hey, uh, how you doing, sweet, sweetie? You know, you saying not that to Kurtzman, calling
0: exactly. well, well, you know,
1: him doll. That's be, funny. You know, and like he's just has He's a very serious guy though. I will say this: like he rehearses his line, like that aspect of him. Like he's acting. The guy is an actor. I will give him all the credit in the world of that. Like he makes it. I don't know, you know, his process. I don't know any of that, but. Like he does take himself like his job seriously. So as much as it's like, he's also in this movie not playing Ash and wants people to know I'm not playing Ash. You know what I mean? Like uh, it's it's interesting because
0: you just it, like in my mind you just assume like Bruce Campbell's is like a party guy. You know what I mean? Like you just think he's Ash somehow, but because he's so good in that performance, it's so indelible. And the guy's a good actor and he pulls that off. He was also in that that show, that TV show where he was. What was that? Notice. Yeah, he was really
1: good in that. Like yeah, he was like he's. I mean, he's you, he has, he has a legitimate, like um, his personality and his characters always kind of, you know, he is, you know, there are moments where I'm like, whoa, man, that's Ash, you know, but he's also a genuine good guy. And like I said, he takes, you know, he's, he takes the script seriously. Like he really like, he's on book. He knows his lines. He brings something to the character because also in this movie, in Black Friday, it's not giving anything away. He definitely is playing against type, and I guess that was nice. He's kind of playing like a nerdy. I mean, dare I say, he's got a little bit of a Mr. Belverde vibe going. So, got the like, bow tie and the cool sweater, yeah, like he definitely cool saw it. Me. And that's all him. That's all, like, you know, he oh, brought he brought things. that to the character, yeah, oh, like so he's cool. really. And that's what I'm saying, like, he's very serious about his role. There was one time. The one time right before I left, I was like, oh, I could probably ask him, you know, hey, man, like autograph. Not, a, I, I would never do an autograph, but maybe a picture.
0: How about a selfie? But he,
1: was but, but he was rehearsing his lines, and I respected him that much as an actor that I was like, you know what? No, man, let him do his thing, like. Cause it was just nice enough to be like, like every morning, Hey boys, how you doing? Like that kind of stuff. Very, <laughs> hey, fellas. Like that was, that was enough. I did a movie with Bruce Campbell. He'll might never remember me, but I could tell you a ton of stories about it. So what and we'll again, do if, was-
0: if we ever go to a horror convention again and we stay like Sunday into Monday, we'll accost him in the parking lot on his way out. <laughs> like Henry, not like, Henry, Leo, like, like Henry. My, my, Michael Rooker, Michael Rooker. I'm calling him Henry uh, where he had been signing autographs all weekend, and Brian had worked with them. And he's just like, Hey, come on, we worked together on whatever it was. He's like, All right. And he took an awesome photo uh,
1: and, didn't, and, and didn't charge you, which is awesome. And then again, like I can't say enough, like how much fun it was. Again, like we would bug Bob. About like stories like because Bobby is very cool like that. But he's also he's like, guys, that's like 30 years ago, 20 years ago. I, I was like, I just don't remember. Like, yeah, this is a guy that's done every movie. So but then all of a sudden we'd just be standing there or doing a makeup and he'd come in and be like, hey, and he'd tell us a little story, you know, and some of them, I you know if I was pressed right now, I don't, I don't have a great story that he told. It just, there was little tidbits where his memory would be. Yeah. But also he'd also walk by, I remember one time in this mental world to myself and Jared, like he walked all the way, you know, there was a weird hallway. You would see we were like literally in the back of a, of of a babies are us. So just all the shelves that stuff would stock would have been on. Like that, we built a wall. but I mean, you could still see, you know, a shelf. So we had our gear on it, but you could see through it as you walked up the hallway. And at one point he walked all the way up and then he came back and he goes, hey guys, I just wanted to say, you guys are doing a great job. Hmm. Like that kind of stuff. You know, like it was just, it was fun. Like, and again, I, I, I've been very blessed in the last couple of years to be really busy and do a lot of different projects, a lot of great TV shows you know, a lot of cool makeups, especially working with Josh. I mean, I got to do Warren's The New Black, the Marvel stuff, like Daredevil and The Punisher, Jessica Jones, uh, The Sinner, like really good shows. But, But like, this was like, this was what I was doing, you know, all my whole life. These horror movies and dare I say I've done some good horror movies I'm very proud of the work I've done with Glass Eye Picks you know Innkeepers you know uh, I Sell the Dead, Stakeland I'm very very proud of those but it's really hard to get like I've never done my latex rubber movie because you know I just never did that I've never and this I got to do that like I've tried I, again another movie I did uh what was that The Mind's Eye like I love that B movie like Scanners type Action movie that we did, and that was totally like over the top Gonzo Gore. And then, so that's like a very special movie. And I kind of put that the Black Friday, uh, like in the same vein, like in I, you category. know, like in that category, like bucket list kind of checkoffs. And I, I mean, I'm making a living on a lot now putting on people, other people's appliances and just to stand next to the guy that's like, Oh wow, you're doing a good job. A guy that I've admired. And, and again, I, you know, I'm probably, I, w- I would embarrass him by saying any of this cause that's how modest he is. Mm. But like, he's just a cool dude. Like, and you know, and just to do one of these like, I I'm I like that I can go on and like you said it's all over the place we tried to order it yesterday at Thanksgiving with uh, my brother and his family and you know my nephew widely, widely available there, man. just yeah just go right to the you know they're typing it in and my nephew the <laughs> eight year olds like just. It's like on the home page. Just just scroll down. It, like, why type it in?
0: It is kind of cool. And it's almost like, I mean, pandemic, there's nothing good out of it. It's horrible. But, I mean, in terms of when you got want to go rent a movie or if I'm going to watch something on streaming, yeah, there is too much content. But also, it's like you know your movie i don't know i don't know 10 years ago would it have had such a would i have been able to just find it as easily yeah, it almost seems no. like there's it's, there's something happening within the last year where these streaming movies are they're just becoming more uh, accessible you can just see it cuz i just i just turned it on boom and there it was i didn't have to search i didn't have to do any of that and so that i guess that's a i, I mean i'm just a layman and, talking hey, out of my honest, butt but that's that's a positive i think
1: i know they had a very small theatrical run it came out last friday and you know i would have i think this is a movie i'm not recommending any movie to go to to see any movie in the theater but if you got a small group of friends and you rent this i think it's like one of those type of movies to watch with a few buddies you know have a couple beers if you if that's your thing do whatever your thing well, maybe, is like uh, kind of
0: maybe larry will play it at a ct Cult classics
1: i mean it's it's one of those movies that is uh definitely for for fun i also like that it was kind of available pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 you know, some movie where if this was maybe a few years ago, they would have tried to have a little bit more theatrical, like it would have stayed out instead of, you know, would have tried a Cedar run, which would have been still hard to do, but it would have been two weeks. Like, hey, we put it out Friday. We know we want it out. The movie's called Black Friday. They put it out last Friday knowing they wanted people to watch it this week. Mm. And then it hit VOD, I think, Tuesday, which is sort of a rare day for, like, a movie to, like, hit VOD. And I think, you know, I I recommend the movie. You know, it's just fun. You know what I mean? Of course, I worked on it, so I'm, I'm, I'm highly recommending it. But... I think you wouldn't be disappointed. Plus, I think there's a lot of like, you know, I mean, again, you know, I pick on a lot of movies, but and it's hard to pick on one of my own. I do think this is a fun little movie, whatever. If it has any faults, you get over them because it is sort of like nostalgic.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds and good. I got to check it out. Hey, you know, like, I, uh, all right, go ahead. Go ahead, Sorry.
1: Well, I just want to say, and in this world where like, Hey man, I mean, I will say this, the movie totally sets it up for a sequel. But right now there's no sequel. So again, it's, you know, it's one of those things where they could, you know, it's a good little movie, especially for, Hey man, you put this on every Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving with your boys. And it's like one of those fun movies.
0: So like, all right, let's end it on this. I have, you just let me know. I'm in Derby, Connecticut, right? And uh, like five miles up the road is Seymour, Connecticut, where they have the Strand Theater at 165 Main Street. And tonight there's a Connecticut cult classics showing. And it's oh, New York Ninja. So Glenn Baisley. Ninjas. Yeah, Glenn Baisley, I believe he did the behind-the-scenes documentary. For yes. it. If you want me to run up there, I can try to see if he'll interview you about uh, behind the scenes <laughs> for Black Friday. I can run up there. I think it starts at 7, 2 hours. Ooh. I can grab uh, I, a drink I at Jimmy's.
1: Glenn might be too busy for me. I can't get him on the podcast.
0: Hey, is and Kurtzman also, going to do the podcast? Know. Have you Did you offer him? Do you tell I, everybody when you're on a set, is that the first thing you say? I, you might know me from the Insufferable <laughs> Bastards, formerly known as the Mobile Horror Companion Podcast.
1: I did wear Subscribe my Subscribe to, my to us on Twitter. I did wear my insufferable bastards t-shirt. You're at kidding night. I've never even wore that thing. Really? Yeah. And I wear it. I wore it at work once, too.
0: The people are like, what the hell is that? You know. Because my wife is just like, why are you keywords. walking around? Why do you have so much stuff in the house with your face on it? I'm like, what? And I got to apologize <laughs> to people. The, 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 uh, the coffee mugs that we gave away at CT Horror Fest, apparently the, the stickers, just they're melting right off. So Don't put it in the dishwasher, apparently. I blame China. Uh, But anyway, all right, let's end it on that. Thank you for ruining the podcast. That must be the reason why we have like 100 listeners now, if you combine everything.
1: (laughs) Don't count. You know, it's only three-second videos. But uh,
0: anything else you want to add? I guess that's it, huh?
1: No, no. But I would like to have a future podcast, maybe in the future. Uh, I think we should have a future podcast in the future. That sounds like a good idea. um, But I would love to discuss... It'll be off movie topic, but our pop culture, we got to talk the already lying show Oh, okay. and the, oh, state, of, and the yeah. state of like radio stuff. And I'll watch that clip you recommended and maybe we'll have like a little, you know, cause I, I don't know, man. It's depressing. Yeah. I
0: find, yeah. I'm in like the dark corners of YouTube and podcasting sometimes now, you know what I mean?
1: Like, I don't know. I, I'm liking it because I, I have a routine of, of, quote-unquote morning radio is like my routine but i'm i'm moving a lot more out of of a lot of things i'm even putting on movies now in the shop and you know instead of stern a little instead of yeah yeah. stern and 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 you know some of it's you know i'd love to talk you know yeah maybe i mean i guess
0: i guess like the the teaser would be the the uh, the Artie lang show is, is I hate, It's
1: unlistenable. It's just it's unlistenable.
0: I mean, I hey, look, he's got. I mean, compared to what we're talking about, all right, whatever. Like that's it's really bizarre for a podcast. No one listens to by two amateur. We don't, you know, we're not broadcasters in any shape or form. But geez, I, mean, yeah, but I, I, I feel like neither I knew more about right now. I, I guess I shouldn't even. I shouldn't even go into it. It's like, yeah, that is a good one. He just interviewed somebody, and I was like, wait, you didn't even know the dude, Michael Imperio. Well, he I, did, right, he, I, I listened to a little. Who did he have before that? Oh, Diaz?
1: He had Joey him, Diaz. He had, yeah. Joey he Diaz. Had... He
0: he didn't know who Joey Diaz was. Like, he didn't yeah. even bother to read the dude's Wikipedia. Or oh, are you know and yeah. the many saints. I mean, like, oh my God. I, that was, it was, it was something. But yeah, it's disappointing. But maybe it'll get better. I don't know. At least you, you wish the guy is healthy and doesn't kill himself, for God's sakes. You know, Steven Sondheim died this? at 91. Oh, really? In,
1: yeah, uh, The one last thing. If I was right. ever going to go to a movie theater, Licorice Pizza, I cannot wait to see this oh, movie by Paul Thomas getting Anderson. getting good reviews. Oh, I look for it every day to see if they're just going to throw. I will pay whatever the top dollar, because I can't go to a movie theater, and it sounds like that's going to be the greatest movie of this year. All right. At least for me. So keep an eye out on it, fans. All right.
0: For uh, Insufferable Bastards, my name is Carlos Danger. That was Brian Spears. And and we're freaking done here, okay? Recording recording stopped. I probably should have muted that. They're going to hear that on the audio. Hello, Shocking Things Podcast. If you've listened to this to the end, please leave a comment on whatever uh, platform you're listening on.